You are listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's Word, and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at SOH. Dot church and while you're there make sure that you download our free mobile app we've got a digital bible on there we've got an awesome online community that you can be a part of let's see we've got all of our teachings on there don't want to overlook that uh, but it is an awesome resource to have in your pocket and if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts like share subscribe turn on your notifications don't want you to miss anything and make sure you leave a five-star review and a nice message uh, because that helps people to know that this is a good use of their time and i believe that we could all agree that studying god's word taking a few minutes and uh, getting into his truth is something that can uh, change and transform our day, and I am blessed to hear that it's blessing you as well. For those of you that are watching on the live stream, you probably gathered that we're having a little bit of a, uh, technical difficulties this morning, and uh, I'm kind of learning that as I go, too. I'm getting new equipment. I'm uh, watching YouTube videos on how to get the sound right, uh, so I appreciate you being patient with me as, as uh, we build something here. Uh, and as many of you know, uh, as you're building something, not everything's going to go perfectly. Uh, even right now, as I'm speaking, well, you're seeing little flashes. There's something with my camera. I have no idea what it is, but we're going to continue on. And I just think there's something to that because I, I tell you, I'm one of those who has to fight perfectionism in a sense of, you know, I can be very hard on, uh, myself, I can be very hard on, you know, the, what the result needs to look like. Uh, and it's not always going to look the way, and I should know this by now, the way that you want it to look, but what you can't do is allow the imperfect to stop you from getting started. Uh, my good friend and compadre, Johnny Ova, I, when, when I was asking him, Hey, you know, we're coming up on the, the Lent season should I do the podcast? He goes, dude, you have been talking about this podcast for like two years. If you don't do it, stop talking about it. So I needed that good kick in the butt uh, to, just to be real. And I'm glad that I, I did. And it hasn't been perfect, but we've been blessed. I've been blessed. You've been blessed. So it's awesome. I've had a great couple of days. Uh, I'm really, really full to, to be real with you. I'm preaching this weekend, uh, starting a three-part series at Sound of Heaven. And uh, I'm, I'm so full from hanging with Bishop Jamie over the weekend to uh, yesterday. I spent time with Dr. Matthew Hester uh, of the Present Truth Academy. Um, we recorded the other night, uh, like I said yesterday, uh, Bishop Jamie and I recorded an awesome conversation around the beginning of Matthew. Uh, yesterday, I recorded an awesome conversation with Dr. Matthew Hester. Uh, I'm going to get some time with uh Johnny Ova uh, as well. Uh, you know, he and I work very closely together, obviously, at Sound of Heaven, but I want to get him in here to talk about certain parts here of Matthew and what we're going to do next week on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It's going to be at night. It's going to be at 8.30 uh, p.m. is we're going to uh, put out kind of a special edition there where we talk. It's going to be about 60 minutes uh, as well uh, on on that. So it's not going to be our typical format. It's going to be more of a, uh, a theological discussion, some deep stuff, some practical stuff. 
all kingdom stuff. So I hope that you'll uh, not only uh, attend that, watch that, uh, share that. Um, and that kind of goes into our word for today as we wrap up Matthew chapter 15, right? It'd be uh, to when I talk about the, the, podcast itself, even these special editions, right? I want you to attend, be present at it, to be blessed by it, but also to share it. We At the end of Matthew 15, like we're going to get into, we see Jesus doing what Jesus does, right? Jesus is performing miracles. He's setting people free. He's setting people free of things that they've dealt with their entire life. Uh, and we see a miracle that we're very familiar with. And we almost want to ask, you know, all right, well, you know, uh, we, I feel like I've already read this before. Uh, we haven't. It's a, it's actually a different. Uh, it's a different, but similar miracle to what we see before. Jesus feeds the crowd, and we know it's different because you know as we go through this, we see Jesus is in a different region. He was in the east. Now he's in the west, uh, and we see some dif- differences in the account itself. So we know it's not the same, and I think it's easy as we're reading through to gloss over. And say, yay, Jesus did another miracle. Because by this time, we've seen him do, and we've read about him doing many miracles. But it's important that we don't get complacent in our walk. And complacent in our, you know, understanding. Okay? And because if we if we get complacent, then we're, and we're not impressed. I, I, I just, we, we become very stale. And I think sometimes in our walk, if we're really honest with ourselves, we look at our lives and God has been there in so many places that we can almost get desensitized to how great he is. If that even makes sense, right? God comes through for us over and over and over again. And then we get to a point where we hit something and we go right back to it. And that's what the Israelites did, right? They were walking through the desert and God would, provide them with manna. He would provide them new territories. I mean, he provided so much for them in the desert, but every time they got a little hungry or a little thirsty, what'd they do? They not only got complacent, but they started complaining, right? That's kind of the next step. First you get complacent, then you start complaining. Uh, We don't want to be in either of those camps. And some of sometimes we wander into those camps, but we certainly don't want to stay in those camps. So let's read Matthew 15. Uh, we're going to start with verse 28, uh, 29, excuse me, I think so. And then we're going to go through and we're going to finish Matthew 15 today going through 38. Okay. Got a little dis- different setup today. So I'm going to change things up. There you go. All right. So Jesus left and went along the Sea of Galilee. Okay, so we know he's going to a different location. So we know it's not the same miracle as before. Then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Okay, pointing out here, they praised the God of Israel. Say, well, that's interesting. If it was just a Jewish crowd, why would Matthew have to say that? Well, I don't think this was just a Jewish crowd. The fact that Matthew points out 
that they praised the God of Israel tells us that Jesus, and we've seen this before, so this isn't new in Jesus's walk, he is treating the Jewish people in the same manner, healing them, delivering them as the Gentiles. So the Jews and the Gentiles are there. He is healing them both equally. And we just got out of reading about the Canaanite woman, right, who pursued Jesus and reached in and said, you know, even the dogs eat the scraps from the master's table. And what does Jesus say? You have great faith. And her daughter was healed. So Jesus is breaking the barrier of there is only one segment of God's people. So we see him doing all these miracles. And then what happens? Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and they have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry. So we see Jesus once again having compassion. Compassion on the crowd. And the disciples who had the opportunity to imitate Jesus and have a similar compassion. Now, what do they do? Do they have compassion? Well, let's read. His disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote location to feed such a crowd? <laughs> so wait a minute. We already know, just a little bit ago, Jesus fed 5,000. We're going to see here, there's 4,000. Okay. Jesus is also helping the cripples to walk, helping the blind to see. Right before their eyes, Jesus is providing. And their only answer is, how, how are we going to do this? How is this going to be done? And it's funny because we can sit here and kind of scoff at them a little bit, but how many times has God provided for us all in our life? And then again, we, we get a little hungry or something looks insurmountable. Something looks a little bit more difficult. And again, one of the, one of the takeaways from all of these accounts of Jesus feeding people is that the miracle ahead, the job ahead, the mission ahead is always going to take more than you have. And you're going to have to trust God in those situations. So the disciples who were closest to Jesus are saying, how are we going to do this? So Jesus does not even hammer them here. He just asks, how many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men besides women and children. Okay, so it was the same as before. They always counted the men, and then the women and children would, you know, just be, oh, yeah, and then two. So like we said with the other miracle, it could have been tens of thousands of people. But here is 4,000 men, then women and children. So we know it's more than 4,000 people. And notice how Matthew doesn't feel the need to inflate this. 
And this is just, again, doesn't prove anything, but I think it's a good testament to the fact that, you know, Matthew's not trying to build up and, and one up, you know, what happened before he's reporting it as is. I don't know. My nature would be like, oh, I already, I already reported on the 5,000. How do I make this more spectacular? Matthew's not doing that. He says, all right, well, there's 5,000 before. Now there's 4,000 here. He doesn't inflate the numbers. And after that, Jesus sent the crowd away and got into the boat and went to the vicinity of Magadan. All right, so Jesus feeds all these people. He sends them away, sends them away full and satisfied, and then gets on the boat and heads out. So easy to gloss over this and say, oh, yay, another miracle by Jesus, like we said before. But I just want to point out the makeup of the crowd here. Okay, Jesus is doing his miracles. And there are people that are witnessing. There are people that are benefiting. But only some of them were becoming distributors. And that's what I want to focus on. Even those imperfect disciples, right, who didn't seem to get it. <laughs> so a million miracles and still ask questions. But what I appreciate about them is even though they were asking questions, even though they didn't quite get the whole thing, they were willing to distribute. And this is absolutely a precursor to what their lives would be when Jesus would go to the cross, resurrect, and eventually ascend to the right hand of the Father, right? And then do what? Send the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, it's better that I go. Why? Because they would have just followed Jesus around forever. And just watched him do miracles. But they had to become the miracle workers. They had to become the distributors. So what I want to take out of today is when we look at this situation, when we look at the world around us, to take note. Because there's going to be plenty of miracles that God does. There's going to be plenty of people that are there to witness those miracles. And one of the beauties of ministry is being there to watch people benefit. And I want you to note something as well. It's not like the disciples were hungry, like they weren't going to eat. It's not like they weren't witnessing at all. They weren't benefiting. Of course they were. But what gave them the opportunity for a greater calling on their life? was the willingness to be a distributor, was the willingness to distribute the bread and the fish to the crowd. And you and I, as imperfect as we are with all the questions that we are, with you know, the knuckleheads that we can be sometimes, we have an incredible opportunity to just saying, okay, I want to be, out of all the crowd around me, I want to be one of the distributors. Because not only do you get to witness, not only do you get to benefit, partake of everything that's going on, but you get to be a miracle worker yourself. And in the beginning, it's always, you know, it, it seems mundane to just hand out bread. But when you realize what an honor it is to be the hands of God, Right, We are called the body of Christ, the body of the anointed one. 
If we're the body of the anointed one, then we are anointed ones ourselves. A person anointed with healing, their hands are anointed. You and I are called to be the hands and the feet of God, the mouth of God, the body of Christ here on earth, to be distributors. And sometimes we can get so caught up in the witnessing that we're just waiting for the next thing to happen. Sometimes we can get caught so much in the benefiting that when it gets tough, when we don't feel like it, or when everybody else around us is in need, you say, hold on a second, right? The human nature is, is to say, well, you know, I'm tired. I'm hungry. I need. Me, 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 I, I, I. And that's a, a big part of the message, right, that we hear in this world. You be you. Live your truth. And God loved all of these people. So many benefited from what were, were going on. But the disciples decided to be those things, but also to put their hands to work, to be distributors, to live a life where you are the delivery system for God's blessings. And that is the true call of the Christians, Christian, little anointed one. That's what that word breaks down to. Christ is anointed Tian, Tian, little one, you and I are meant to be imitators of Christ with the spirit that's inside of us. And that's my prayer as we close up today. That when you're walking through the crowds, we're about to go into the holiday season where everywhere you go, there is a crowd. And I challenge you to look to your right and look to your left at the people around you. Not that you're better than them, not even close. Because what you learn when you begin to serve, it's exactly as Jesus said. If you want to be first, you be last. Who will be first? And That's the distinction he's drawing. Because the Pharisees and all these religious leaders, they just wanted to be first. Therefore, they were last. Because they made it about them. But those of us who choose to be last, those of us who choose to serve, remember Jesus said, I came to serve. I didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. And in saving the world, he became lesser than. The God who put the stars in the sky, who created everything, became a man, became a servant to this world who sacrificed himself. When you really just wrap your mind around that, it's, it's staggering that the God that we serve, it's the only belief system in the world where you don't have to go to God. God came to you. So that's my challenge to you today. We'll wrap it up now. Look at the crowd around you. You're not better than anybody else. Neither am I. But you have the opportunity to be a distributor of his goodness. And that makes you stand out in the crowd. So many of us want to be unique, want to be different, but we end up following everybody else, pursuing things that honestly rust and break down and eventually are nothing. We pursue the natural things of this world. Make the choice to be a supernatural distributor today. Distribute his love, distribute his joy, distribute his peace. Find ways to help. 
find ways to feed others. What can you do today that will make you a delivery person for God? And that's it. It's my challenge today. Find something, even if it's one thing, one small thing today, and do it with intentional intentionality. Is that even a word? Be intentional. Say, this is my way today that I'm going to be a distributor for God. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for everybody within the sound of my voice, Lord God. Father, I know that we lean in every day for a few minutes so that we can go out into this world and we can be your hands, we can be your feet, we can be your body, Lord. Father, help us today to find the opportunities, and there are many in front of us, to be distributors of your goodness. And it is with that that we are truly your disciples, that we are truly fulfilled. Lord, we know that we witness your glory. We know that we benefit from everything that you are and everything that you do. But we want to be now vessels where you pour into us and we pour out into the world around us to make it a better place. Lord, we don't have to have the suffering that we have around us. We can be distributors of your love and goodness and change this world. And we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. I'm Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. Check us out at soh.church. You're listening to The 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. Now we head out to the 99 to do what? Do something amazing for Christ's sake. Go be a distributor of his goodness today. I love you guys. See you tomorrow.